Guys, it's the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. Super Bowl 51 is upon us, and I'm not even talking about the game. I'm talking about the food. What are you cooking? What are you cooking for the big game? Are we talking nachos or wings or chili? I don't know. What's on tap? I got together with two proven veterans, Bon Appetit food director, Carla Lolly Music, and my good friend and home cook extraordinaire, Gabe Tesoriero, uh, who's like a big shot executive over at Def Jam Records, but more importantly, a hell of a cook and a hell of a host. So I talked to them about what they're game planning for the big day. And then because like, you know, like every other commercial from the Super Bowl was for beer, I have to talk beer. I sit down with our resident beer nerds, Alex Delaney and Brad Leone from Bon Appetit to talk about their various sort of craft beer interest for the game, what they're serving, what they're chilling. Yeah, and even maybe what's on tap, literally. But before we get to that, I've got something to tell you about. We've teamed up with Sir Latab to bring you our healthy-ish online cooking class full of practical and delicious inspiration for eating well, but, you know, not like in a preachy, healthy sort of way. You'll learn how to make seven amazingly tasty recipes with fresh ingredients, lots of nutrition, plus step-by-step instructions, foolproof tips, and time-saving techniques from our executive chef, Mary Nolan. And the best part, it's on demand, which means you can stream it right into your kitchen whenever you want. Visit us at bonappetit.com slash healthy-ish class. Check it out. All right, let's talk Super Bowl. All right, guys, I'm, I'm going to make a statement. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but I, I want to go ahead and say that the Super Bowl is now the greatest eating holiday of the year. Can I say that? Strong agree. Really? Ooh. Strong agree. Yeah. Ooh, I might have to think about that. No, it's not for me. Well, what is then? Christmas Eve. Ooh. Oh, you do, do you like the, the whole we do feast, the feast? The seven fishes? Yeah, it's awesome. That's kind of cool. Thanksgiving's jumped the shark a little bit for me. I, I just, it doesn't deliver on the hype. There's a lot of prep work. It's a lot of anticipation, and and it ends up in what I like to call anticipointment. Ooh, <laughs> yes, I think there's a lot. I will say this about Thanksgiving. We will get to the Super Bowl, but my issue is like there's a lot of family sort of pressure, anxiety. Oh, so much. You have to go to this person's house, or you have to have these in laws over. Not that I'm getting into the in laws here, um, but it's just like, and then you have to like, oh well, we have to make this dish. We have to do the sweet potatoes, and it's like Super Bowl. You can do whatever the hell you want, right? First of all, I want to say shout out to my new in-laws, Andy and Amy. Love you guys. <laughs> you guys are great. Gabe is recently betrothed, so he's he's playing nice right now. Um, but I, I, what I love about the Super Bowl and, and Gabe, I've been to your place several times. It's like every year you can kind of freestyle, do a new thing, have a cooking project, introduce all sorts of new flavors, and it's uh, like not if you're a lolly. Ooh, all right. So yeah, let's let's get down to it because I want to start with like the main course, like the, the the centerpiece and the event, the event, the main event, and. Carla, so you, your Super Bowl is kind of like Thanksgiving in that it's the same thing. Well, every the year? way I look at look at the Super Bowl is that like any other you know eating holiday, it's basically just a, a family holiday, right? So my dad <laughs> is <laughs> well, not, not, yeah no this is my dad is super into the game. My Frank Lolly, Frank Lolly, kids are super into it, but the rest of us are just there for the food. So it's really just all about the food. I don't actually care about the game. Where is there? My parents' house. Which is? On the Upper East Side. Okay. Yeah. So we like post up over there, but like usually, I don't know, the game is on 
and some people are in the kitchen. And how many people total? Mm, could be eight to ten. Okay, it's All pretty right, so much a family. Manageable. It's a family affair. We don't. Yeah, this is not like a giant. All right, well, I think you guys are hosting like big open houses. Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah, we've been a small crew of us expanding now with kids. Yeah, mm. have been together for about fifteen years doing this thing, and the numbers can go anywhere from fifteen to twenty to twenty-five, depending on what stragglers show up. And I've been lucky enough to be invited to Gabe and his friend Rick's place um, last several years, and it is a mix of friends basically with their own families. Right. So is your mom cooking, and what's what's her go-to? Right. So like every other holiday, like you said, we're not allowed to change anything. <laughs> And I would love to mix it up, but then you get a whole lot of blowback from the th- you know the email chain gets c- pretty crazy. I would like uh, I would like to say subtle resen- <laughs> resentment on Carlos' part, but there's nothing subtle. Well, <laughs> I'm like, can we change it? And then my dad's like, I like the gumbo, and then that's it. So it's we we have gumbo. Like, not that gumbo's bad. Gumbo's delicious. My mom makes delicious rice to go with it. It's got wait wait wait. What do you mean delicious rice? Isn't deli- rice just like, rice? No, it's like special and buttery when she makes it <laughs> because she puts a lot of butter in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> every year it's gumbo so and i'm pretty sure it's paul prudhomme's recipe i've never made gumbo i hate to say so what's your mom neither have you watched her make it or do you know what her technique is yeah there's a sofrito but in the you know the southern way it's got onion green bell pepper and celery there's something about green bell pepper, which is a very divisive vegetable. Not in Sofrito, right. my brother. I know, but I'm just saying up north, us Yankees, people are like, oh, green peppers. I don't put it in mine because I'm a Yankee. But uh-huh. like for Spanish and Mexican food, like, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, the idea of a Sofrito is that all of these flavors blend together to create one Harmony. Vibration. They marry. Totally. <laughs> so, so you got the, you got the, you got these. <laughs> you got your Sofrito going, and then you make a, a very dark roux. What's, the, what's the, the fat? Uh butter i think and just letting the butter and flour darken oh, yeah. and darken super dark long time and then right, so you got it gives so- it a lot of depth and i've i learned something about rue actually working on the thanksgiving issue the darker the rue the less thickening power it has because the huh. flour the whatever those starches are start to like give up their thickening power but they're taking on a lot of flavor so then in gumbo there's filet right oh yes which is in those all those have the filet. gotta have the filet which is feeling it <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to stop. It's ground sassafras. Mm-hmm. That comes in at the end, the filet, right? I think so, yeah. but that does thicken also. Yep. There's no okra in this situation. Ooh, it's magic. Wait, what? No Filet's okra? Magic. No. Mm-mm. Okra, another divisive vegetable. Super divisive. Yeah, You've made gumbo before, right? Uh, Moss, my buddy Moss makes... Listen, the great thing about gumbo on the Super Bowl is every other year, it seems like the Super Bowl is in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> so, As it should be. A lot of times what we do is we take inspiration from either the host city... Mm. If they have a cuisine of note. I like it. Or the opposing team. Yes. Right? So it, Well, usually the opposing team in Gabe's case is they're big Patriots fans. So every year, basically, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. We're in the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> and no one wants to make food from Boston. But the host city isn't even true. on neutral ground. Yes. Right. But if it's in New Orleans, you've got a great cuisine, right? Totally. If it's in... Where are other places where they have the Super Bowl? Uh, now and then, Arizona, LA. Arizona, not necessarily known for its native cuisine, but no. you know, you could freestyle something. But let's say we're playing the Eagles, Philly cheesesteaks would be good. Yeah. If right. we were playing the New Orleans Saints, gumbo's coming in. Do yeah. you ever do opposing foods? Like gumbo versus... Chowda. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to get to that because Gabe's friend, Rick, the host, who's a magnanimous host and an amazing organizer... Um, the way he arranges menus, you have some odd pairings. We'll get to that. Let's yeah. get back to the gumbo. Okay, so you got the gumbo, the big pot of gumbo. Big you have the pot of gumbo. Buttery rice. Buttery rice. The gumbo's got the smoked andouille. It's got the filet. It's a little spicy. There's shrimp and, at the very end, 
She puts fresh oysters in there. Oh, wow. Ooh, Question. Yeah. Do you also put the Lux. shrimp in at the very end, or do you let them sit for a while? Do no, I mean, like, them? but before the oyster. So yeah. at a certain point, the shrimp go in, those guys cook through. And then, last thing, the fresh shucked oysters. Oh, that's, that's a deluxe gumbo. It's really good. That's like Paul some, Prudhomme. That, that's like old, some, that's, old school. That's some, like, Commander's Palace gumbo. It's yeah. fancy. Well, have you met Carol? Have I met Carol? Like, once, maybe? I, I feel like I know Carol. When she came in, maybe, yeah. and did the videos. yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, I know the. Well, obviously. she does command the palace. All right, I will say this. <laughs> that was good. Um, what I like about gumbo, and then you got the rice, and eh, I'm not going to knock on Gabe and Rick at their place, and we'll get to this. But you can make all that stuff ahead, and it's right. in your big Dutch oven on the right. stove. The rice is ready. You can watch the whole first half. Or are you eating during the game? Like when does the eating happen? Sometime around the end of the first quarter, because okay. you have to. You're hungry. Well, you're doing your apps and your snacks. Yeah. But on the East Coast, the game doesn't start till what, 6.35 or something? No, so later, later, late. Later. No, I think kickoff's like, like 6.32. Every year I'm like, it's a daytime thing. But yeah, I think that's an important thing, like, to be able to actually be sitting down on the sofa and have everything taken care of. Um, is there sides? Like, what do you serve no, with No, that's the... not a side. It's we just, just would, you would consider everything you ate before you ate the gumbo to uh, be your sides. Yeah. Right, that's, your that's starters. That's a complete meal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. I like that. I would like maybe be invited one year. Oh, Hunter. great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know if I can make it, No, well, but I would like to be invited. Frank Lolly would like there to be another sports fan there oh, because yeah. he's pretty much outnumbered. What about your husband? Yeah. <laughs> wow. CLM, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Do you offer hot sauce on the side or is this a no-fly zone on the hot sauce? I feel like there's hot sauce around because we often have chips, salsa, and guac before, but I don't know. I don't have in my mind a memory of putting any hot sauce in my gumbo. It's okay. not, it's Should not. I try that? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Something vinegary? Yeah, uh, specifically crystals. Oh, I love from crystals. From Louisiana, Totally. Right? Smart. It's, it's Smart not, man. Now a, I know what I'm bringing a, over. It's not in your bag? I had to wait on that joke because you guys were talking, but if I could have made the hot sauce on my bag joke as it happened, it would have been funnier. But Sidebar, the, the initial note at the beginning of this podcast was try not to talk over it. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So all right, we got gumbo Already going. Violating. We got gumbo on the Upper East Side. Uh, Gabe, you blew my mind last year and influenced a piece in the magazine when last football Hello. season, and you've now influenced two articles in Bon Appetit. Uh, the first one was when you and Rick made homemade ramen that was spectacular like next level game changing ramen mm. from like broth for two days new fresh noodles yep. do it. six yep. minute egg accoutrement yep uh last year you and moss made cheesesteaks yes we did let's talk about that i heard about these i don't know what the inspirado for that was but we came up with it and we basically decided to do like ultimate cheesesteaks which is, you know everyone loves a cheesesteak a lot of the time you get uh if you go to a a spot you're going to get like a greasy, glommy mess, and we really wanted to elevate it. That's a bad thing? Greasy, greasy glommy, glommy mess? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> sometimes it's a bomb. Sometimes it's delicious. Sometimes it's a bomb, depending on how many beers you've yes. had. It, yeah. c- it could go either way. We wanted to elevate it, so, you know, we went to, thank God for hipster butcher shops, you know, all over, <laughs> you know, Brooklyn. One, got, one, one on every corner. You got, for me, you got the meat hook. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the meat hook. You got Marlo and Daughters across the street from my house. Fantastic. Shout out to Marlo and Daughters. <laughs> you got White Gold if you live on the Upper East Side. West Side. West Side, West thank side. you. Um, you got those, Low Bells on the on Upper the East. on the podcast. White yes, Gold. Yes, White Gold. Uh, April Bloomfield's new place with the two butchers who are awesome. Also, Shout out to White Gold. Fleischer's. Dixon's Farm Sand. All right, so you, you went, right. So first of all, what kind of beef did you use? You know, I got paid for those plugs. Just yeah, like, yeah. I hope so. Right, cool. <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> we got a lot of sidebars. Okay. I can't believe you're not an editor. All right. Um, yeah, we wanted to do the cheesesteak. So 
you know, we basically set out to get a really great cut of meat and get it prepared properly. So the tip that we got was that you want to free, partially freeze or partially freeze the meat Kate. so that you can slice it very, very thin to cook it. And you and I have had back and forth about kind of what, what that cut yeah. of meat is going to be and how, you know, what the fat content that you yep. want and how pricey it needs to mm -hmm. be. So what did you guys recommend in the book? We went for a boneless uh, short rib. And okay. that's in the February issue of Bon Appetit. In our healthiest issue, this was the one explicitly not healthy thing. Yeah. I was like, we are putting cheesesteaks in the issue. I don't care about this healthy nonsense. They're going in for the Super Bowl. So why did you go for the short rib? Mm, I think it was about the fat content and the flavor. Yep. And like, yeah, like you said, it's not going to break the bank. It's okay. easy to get. Yep. Yeah, you're not, not going to find it. And then the partially freezing was key. Yeah, okay, cool. And short ribs are everywhere now Yeah, since, since the 90s. Um, and your point, partially freeze them and then slice against the grain. And what's nice about short ribs is that there's that nice fatty marbling throughout everywhere. the meat. It's not just like on top or something. It's in the meat. And so each little slice is imbued with fatty flavor. Yeah. yeah, that's delicious. And and as far as slicing against the grain, I think it's safe to say if you slice with the grain, it's still going to be okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. Do you want right. to talk about that? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, with the grain, against the grain, Cause, cause it's going to be okay. I know you're very into that stuff with well, brisket. With no, it's just, it's not me. I'm. That's common. It's like, good practice, but I think what Gabe you. is getting at, so you're cutting it really, really, really thin. Then, yes. So even if it is with the grain, it's going to be a very short. It's not going to be that noticeable so last year you got do you guys use skirt steak last year no i think we used something else and i think it was something that the butcher recommended mm -hmm. uh because i don't think that they maybe they didn't have a lot of short rib or i was looking for a bunch of of meat it was something kind of fatty and like an off cut mm -hmm. that I'm, they gave us i'm gonna say it was skirt steak because i was there and moss was slicing it with the grain i remember this Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. All right, but what was awesome, you had the griddle. You had the, the flat two-burner griddle that yeah. you get from Lodge or wherever. Shout out to Lodge. 20-inch or 16-inch. <laughs> yeah, we love them. And so, yep. so what was the order that you did all the various well, things? Well, you do. You want to get that... that griddle nice and seasoned with flavor and you want to cook your onions you know mm. real slow on that and the peppers and the peppers now personally yeah i don't love a cooked pepper i really don't like bell peppers period a lot of people don't um so i usually do them in two batches i do Ooh, the onions i like that push them to the side yep. i do the peppers push them to the side Oh, so you, you can like opt out of peppers? Yeah. You can opt out of peppers. I think that's great. So they're not mixed together. Because you know what? Everyone loves caramelized onions. Yeah, this period. is a really Fact. full service operation. Yeah. yeah. So you did those first? I did those first. Okay. And you cook them for a long time. Yeah. And I like to pour beer on them when I'm cooking. Yeah. I don't know why. You know why? Because a lot of times when this is also, I think we, we've we kind of mentioned this in the magazine, but I think we should mention it more. When you're caramelizing onions in a pan, they often sometimes get to start to burn or get crusty on the bottom and yeah. you need you need to deglaze them a little bit yeah. you need some liquid in there to loosen them up Gotta steam it up beer yeah yeah beer, beer works good. yeah yeah cooking so, with beer is fantastic yeah um so yeah just pour a little beer on them get them going delicious caramelized off to the side and then the steak right the steak you you, you cook the steak now i thinly shaved yeah beautiful salted. and seasoned seasoned yes, yeah important. with just with salt um, I do salt and pepper. Yeah. Okay. All right. I yeah. do salt and pepper. Not too heavy on the black pepper because some people are sensitive. Mm -mm. I know. What is it with those know. people? I don't know. I keep I know. saying, like, I like a lot of pepper. If you don't like it, obviously don't put it yeah, on. Yeah, but, but like, I, would, I would say- Our mutual friend Sam Cass does not cook with pepper. And Nate Appleman, not a black pepper I, man either. I, I think, I don't want to say it's unnecessary, but I do like pepper sometimes after the fact. Seared or burnt, like, salt doesn't burn, black pepper will. Hmm. It, you know, as just in a pan. Well, I've never. All right, so you're, 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 you're going. You're cooking the steak. A big pile of steak. The fat's bubbling. Yep. You got this mound of like brown, but a little bit crispy, but not like super crispy, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of moisture in there. Hit it with the cheese. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, wait. Can we back up to the meat yeah. for just a sec? So you're saying cook the meat, season it, and cook it. But like, just put it down and let it go. You've got your how no, much I room you, are I, we talking? Are you going I, in batches? Wow. I mean, if wow. we were, if we you were, know what you're doing, you're getting grilled right now. We, <laughs> <laughs> I think if we had a, a, a really fancy flat top, we would hit it. We would like take spatulas and start whacking at mm. it, right, to really chop it up. Okay, that, that seems to be the. That seems to be why what you not see do in the that shots. on your cast iron. Let's You're not going to break let's it. Give it a shot. I don't have that kind of surface area. Yes, but... you do. First of all, as Carlos showed in the magazine, you take two spatulas and you push one flat like handle down, invert it, and take the other spatula to hold the meat, and the other spatula just kind of scrapes against it, and that chops up the meat. In my industry, we call that a dope technique. Mm, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, it is. A, I, I, I learned it from these guys. In the I test think kitchen. that the goal is just right to get as many crispy bits as possible, also, and also to tenderize the meat to shred it right. a bit so. It's all like one big mushy mass in there, as opposed. You don't want to be biting down and pulling out chunks of. Steak. Now, are you worried about overcooking this meat? Uh, not really. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. But like when it's it's so thin, you cook it through. So now, what I thought was interesting. So you guys and I was watching this, and I was mesmerized as you guys were doing this last year. So you have your your onions and peppers to the side. Yep. Separated. Yep. Segregated over there. Then yep. you have this big mound of meat, and then you blanketed the meat. With cheese, right? Like yes. Just, what kind of cheese were you using? We were using, I think, what you guys have in the magazine, which is American and provolone. Yeah. And I think you need to just go to your supermarket deli countertop and have them slice it super thin. That's what. That's yeah. What and I we did. And we did white American just Same. for visuals yep. with the and provolone gives you that little extra, you know, we funky did umami sharp. Provolone we asked for? Yeah, so this is a, a thing. I think if you're going to the deli counter and you ask for a sharp provolone, you're going to get the right thing. If you go to the super fancy she-she mm. cheese guy and you say sharp provolone, you yeah. might get something that's like aged and crumbling and yeah. is so salty it's going to burn your face off. Yeah, no thank you. I had that's that, not what you want. No. You someone, want something that melts. Someone put that in a sandwich recently that I got at some... Oh, you know where it was? In Philadelphia when I was down there at the election and went to this cool hero place and they put aged provolone on this Italian hero because the guy was like, yeah, you should get the provolone. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. But it was like little chipped bits of like Parmesan. It was too much. It's like yeah. wasabi practically. Yeah, it was, it was too much. Were you just impersonating an Italian I know, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, as it happened, I was like- You know I, what my last name is, right? Oh, God. I can't pronounce it though. I, yeah. Shout out to the Italian-Americans. Yeah, Shout out oh, to Italian-Americans hey, everywhere. Do you know who's also Italian? Who? R- Rappaport. Hello. Ra- from the town of Rappa de Porto. That means the, <laughs> seriously, the rabbi of Porto, Italy in the late 1500s. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's where the that Rappaports is, come from. Silly. True. Shout out to Italian Jews. Yeah, exactly. Where do you think the word ghetto comes from? That is just silly. <laughs> it, Rome, right? That was yeah. the first ghetto. Was it Rome or Venice? I don't know if it was the first yeah. one, but there Anyways. is a Jewish ghetto in Rome. History yeah. lesson right here. Yes. I feel like I'm on, I feel like I'm on Molto Mario back in the 90s when Mar- Mario would give like history lessons while he's cooking mm-hmm. a seven-course meal. That's yeah. impressive. All right. So, all right, so you got the big mound of, of meat. The cheese is like oozing into it, melting. Fantastic. And then what did you guys do, which I like this next step? Basically, it's about like fresh, hot assembly right there. Right. A la minute, right? So well, let's talk about buns. Yeah. Right. Oh, we, gotta, yes. we gotta we gotta get to the vehicle. Yeah. Was this like a line cook continuous production throughout the party? For me. For you. Yeah. Well that's the thing. Yeah, when Gabe was. that's my issue with Gabe and football. I spend a lot of time I usually do something that's very uh, labor intensive. And actually has to be done. And has to be assembled right there to make it delicious. And I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. We do have an open kitchen, right? Sweating with a- usually, but your your focus is on the food as it should be. <laughs> Gabe basically the first football he sees is like the beginning of the fourth quarter. I was going to say, when do you time this? This is, it takes a while. I haven't necessarily succeeded in getting the timing right, <laughs> and it's been like 20 years. 
Um, so you're shoveling. But I'm the, still trying. You're shoveling the meat and cheese into the rolls and the rolls. And they have to. Because you be, have to drink during this process, right? Oh yeah. We'll, we'll get, you're we'll like get spilling yeah. beer all over the griddle and yeah. drinking it. No, no fancy buns. You want basic hero rolls, soft, cottony, yeah. white. Wait, yeah. Now, if old. you if you happen to be lucky enough to live near a you know Italian bakery mm-hmm. to get to go to just get the softest roll you know sort of hero roll that they have, that's fantastic. If you don't and you need to go to a supermarket or deli, what we used one year which worked great was Martin's has an Italian hero. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Martin's potato roll has an Italian hero. Okay. Yep. They're not top split, but they uh, yeah. I, they worked great. But west of Pennsylvania, you're SOL on yeah, that. Yeah, but basically, so, but, but, you, but any, yeah, I always say go to the plastic bin in the supermarket yes. bakery. Yeah, yeah, right. Great. Like not even the bread aisle, but that place you, where you get perfect. the wax paper and you want your guy up. You want something soft and pliant, not crusty and brittle. No, um, so no ciabatta. Oh, I do mayo in mine. What do you? What do you? Do you spread the bun? I think I listen. I. It, Whatever you like, but I think the mayo doesn't hurt. Yeah. I think the mayo can be delicious. Like a little mayo and hot sauce or sriracha or something. Or mm. or uh, my new favorite condiment, which is the Calabrian chili in oil, like the pickle. Love. We're, we're going to get to that with my choy. Hey, that's 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 me coming up with oh, my, my all right. discussion. All right. So you, you can get that on Amazon.com in like big, really big <laughs> jugs. It's fantastic. I had that with my chicken cutlets on Saturday Ooh. night. Tuto, oh, God, I had chicken cutlets last night. or something. Tuto I something. I love a chicken cutlet. Panko chicken yeah, cutlet. Yeah, Tuto Calabria. So Tuto good. Calabria. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Tuto Calabria. You're doing a great thing over there. Great product. <laughs> all right. So, so you shovel it Pay in. Me. I then choose if I want onions or peppers. And those were delicious. When I was biting into them, I'm like, good Lord, this is tasty. But you know what Carla and her test kitchen team did, Gabe, which is very smart? They had the thought of like, hey, what if you can do these ahead of time a little bit so you can then sit down and watch the game? Dude. <laughs> I saw the I saw the magazine, okay. Yeah, and I saw the spread that they wrapped it in wax paper and foil, foil, and then sliced them down the middle. So you each everyone gets a half instead of a full one. You Incredible can do them ahead of time. presentation, <laughs> professional pro move. Yeah, totally worth doing. Do them ahead, right? Yeah. If you keep them wrapped, they'll they stay should, warm. They should be good. Yeah. Some of that fat will get into mm. that bun. I mean, that's what Brad Leone. He also we have a video up with Brad doing the cheesesteaks, and uh, he said like when something really magic happens when they're all together by themselves in the foil, yeah. like everything sets up. Yep. So there was actually like a added bonus yeah. of, you know when the do-ahead thing actually makes it better? Yep. It actually did. I think it depends on the size of your group. You don't want to hold them forever so that they start to get cold because like... Yeah, I would say this. Like, the, the, all that fat needs to be in a semi-liquid state. Yeah, right? che- cheese steaks are not for 20 people. It's good for 10. You know, you can make however many of them. I do think, uh, I, I like the, the, the ahead of time thing. Keep them warm. And then when you're ready to serve, slice them in half. Everyone gets a half and they can come back for more. Now, right. when you say keep them warm, what do you guys usually, do you, in the oven, what temperature? No, is, they were just staying warm? warm in the foil. Just being wrapped up because the filling is all hot and then, you know, yeah. the foil keeps it together. Great. But eventually, yeah, they're going to, you don't want to hold them so long that, Things get soggy. I feel like I, I feel like I, I have no time to even talk about my main course. The cheesesteak recipe development phase. Carl, Carl just ignored me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was just a really magical phase in the kitchen. No, we like, don't. It was the, like things were popping, arguments were happening, things were getting resolved. There were cheesesteaks like every day for for days and days. Sounds incredible. Days. It was awesome. It was. It was my favorite. And then when we had the right one and then we had to test that one again and make sure it was like correct for the cross test, then it was just like, well, this is just a good one again. 
Right. Um, right. Uh, it yeah. was it was memorable. Um, I, I on a similar <laughs> on a similar note, but slightly different in setup. I'm a big fan of the DIY Italian hero bar. Yes, because a couple of things: a good Italian hero, where and I'll. But what I like to do is there's a great place in Chelsea Market, uh, Bonitalia. But Bonitalia, you can get your Calabrian chili oil. Exactly. There. So you get the Calabrian chili oil. Then I'll go like, hey, give me. Three quarters of a pound of super thinly sliced mortadella, some soprasata, maybe some copa. You have an array, maybe some prosciutto cotto, which mm, is my favorite, love. the cooked mm. ham. Um, you set out these arrays on the little wax paper of all thinly sliced, like sort of laid out beautifully. Shredded iceberg lettuce. Always. I like that. Some mm-hmm. super thinly shaved uh, red onion, mm-hmm. which uh, people, they always say um, soak them in ice water for yeah. a bit. That Deep takes flame. a little, takes a little of the sting out. Um, and then some of that Calabrian chili. Uh, mayo, um, you have to have the oil and vinegar. Always. Just cheap red wine vinegar, and then you got to have the like the dried oregano, got right? It. And then good, same buns as you were talking about, Gabe, kind of squishy. And what I like about this whole setup, people can do it themselves. Right. And Americans love the whole DIY so thing. So you're actually, this is a strategy to put you back in front of the television. Yeah, have it all laid out. And I, I like to eat at halftime because I like to be able to, as you said, have some snacks and nappies, watch the first half. And like, all right, guys. The bar is open, and everyone just gets in line and does it. Yeah, the thing is, though, <laughs> the, the, in theory, this is a great thing. Yeah. Uh-oh. But people do it wrong, and it drives me crazy what when if, people what, assemble a bad sandwich what in if, front of yes, me. What if, you, what if you email everyone before a time, like a group email with instructions, maybe some photos, like, hey, guys, you want to put, like, like at, at what's, what's the place we like in Brooklyn, the um, sandwich place? Uh, Court Street Grocer. Yeah, Court Street Grocer. Shout out to Court Street and Grocer. And their tip about- Arguably sort of, the best Italian sandwich it's great. in yes. the city. And they, they'll, what, don't- That olive tapenade that they oh, have. Yeah. yeah. Forget about it. And they'll it. do some of the, like, the fixins in between the meats, mm. and then, so they don't get all slippy, slip aside. There's also, I, I got schooled online, and on the Twitter, about- in a, in a more traditional Italian hero, you split the bun, but you don't split it all the way. So it's open face, and you lay all uh-huh. the meat and the filling in the middle so that when you fold it up, it's like a horseshoe. You have like that a horseshoe. canoe, yeah. And that's one way to do it as opposed to stacking it layer-wise. You know what I'm saying, Gabe? Well, yeah, because if you traditionally you want to make a you want to make sort of like a mile high sandwich, right? The, you want it to be stuffed, and yeah. if you've got it coming out every yeah, side, it's a, it's a disaster. One thing I will say that also I've learned: um, I love mayo. I put my mayo on there. I don't care. I get yelled at about that also uh, by some of the more traditionalists. Um, I I do think you need more oil and vinegar than you think. You want that thing kind of wet. I think you need some some fat to to sort of cut that salty meat. I think you need that. You know, you yeah. need cr- you want crunch Juicy. with you want crunch with the lettuce. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a, the, that salty condiment. With the olive tapenade is great for that kind of you know salty umami mm-hmm. thing. And then you've got this really sometimes really intensely salted cured meats. And I think that mayo is fantastic to be a compliment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you did devote an ad letter and a video to this, so yes. if people want to learn. I do think as a as a host, it is a little forward to email everyone and tell them I would please request not to make a shitty sandwich in no, front of me. No, you don't say that. You're just giving them tips like, hey guys. Hey guys. Uh, I just, layer, personally, have you I just ever... stand over people. But you want to get both sides of the bun with like the lubricant of whatever kind. You want to layer it this way. This often goes best, you know. Yeah. Uh, use mm. more oil and vinegar than you think. You know, I just mean, some basic just, pointers. you know, let the people be. I, I would be... Uh, I don't know, no, no, Really? No. Yeah, you put, spend I mean, a lot of time. 
recent events have shown us what happens when, when we let the people be. Um, I think you got to show them what to do. Oh, really? Yeah. All I think right. you got to stand over. Well, all right. So Not one more way. suggestion. That way. <laughs> no, you're do- yeah, you're doing it wrong, which yeah, is basically doing the catchphrase yeah. of working at Bon Appetit. Uh, one more thing to do it, do it right. Uh, when Rick was working on this with you, your hero dreams, he took Jardinera in the you know the jarred the pickle pickled mix, pepper deal, yeah, and he kind of drained that, put it in the Cuisinart, gave it a few blip blips, and so it was finally chopped, but not a puree, and that made a great condiment too. Yeah, incredible idea, pickly yeah. things. You yeah. you need you the need that you things. need. The, I would say you need the acid to cut through the fat of both yeah. the meat and the oil and all that stuff. All right, what about like? Appetizers and snacks and dips before the main event at halftime. Carla, what do you got? Wedge. Wedge. Iceberg wedge. What? Blue Fantastic. cheese dressing. What? Lots of lardones of some thick cut slab bacon. Incredible. What Love I, a wedge. What am I at the polo bar or something? Well, whatever. It's delicious. Yeah, but you, but do, how you do you hit that with cherry tomato or no? You, not in mm. February or whenever the Super Bowl but is. But how do you present that again? I mean, listen, once, you're having the, you're, this again. is such, this is such an Upper East Side Super Bowl. Oh, stop! They're not. It's not like do do do. The yeah. butler's coming in with your wedge salad. But like, Ooh, if nice. I'm sitting on the couch with food on my lap, it better be on a porcelain plate because otherwise, I'm going to dump it all over the. Place. Yeah, but I don't want to have a knife and fork on my lap sitting on a sofa. That's well, yeah. So so you, th- this you begs the question. You. This begs the question with the wedge, right? Do you serve it as a, a nice slab of wedge, or do you? Ch- do you chop it for your guests? We serve it as a wedge. Right. Actually, what Carol wow. Lolly does is she Jesus. puts it down some kind of platter where it's like wedge, wedge, yeah. wedge, wedge, yeah. wedge. Individual wedges. Dressing. Do you do you serve that with the Dom or the Krug? Um, you know, usually if Frank is choosing the beverages, he's going to offer everybody a nut brown ale. The wow. guaranteed. <laughs> you walk in the door and it's like, "What do you want to drink? I got the uh, I got the nut brown." And we're like, "But but why? And has yeah. it been there since 1987?" Okay, all right. So I, listen, I do love a wedge. I think it's a little high maintenance for Super Bowl, but if that's what Carol likes, different then strokes God, for different folks. God you know? bless Carol. I think it sounds delicious, and the presentation on that big platter is probably yeah, great. It's right? Pretty. I'm you just, can it's, also stand. There's not everybody feel, is watching like, the game. Like some people might, if you're doing a big buffet, some people might stand around that buffet and like. Eat. All right, Gabe. What do you got? I, I mean, I just I would take umbrage with the porcelain, though. I just yeah. I couldn't I no. couldn't I meant, deal with the cleanup. I just couldn't deal with no. it. I, it would have to be some kind of heavy uh, paper bowl. Yeah, it, well, would just, it would just have to be. So, what's on the coffee table? We like to do pimento cheese. Oh, it, yeah, it's, and yes. it's a very special occasion thing, right? Um, our buddy Jonathan lives in is a professor at Clemson. Shout out to the Clemson Tigers, oh, yeah. national champs. Uh, is a professor at Clemson and has lived down there for a decade or more and has taken up some interest in Southern traditions, cool. pimento cheese being one, right? So he has a recipe for that and, and it's fantastic and we, and we make it and we serve it with a big bowl of you know mini pretzels. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Bachman, I think is the brand you're looking yeah, for. Sure. In the one pound bag. Yeah. Oh, I could do a whole podcast on pretzels. Yeah, so you, you it's no. people go nuts for it. People go absolutely crazy for it. Pimento cheese spread, a nice a nice bowl of it with a big bowl of pretzels. Yeah, and Perfect. I think I I love it. What I like about pimento Great cheese, beer snack, and it and it, it it packs a punch. It's got a lot of flavor, yeah. but it's not like so heavy or overwhelming. I like that with some nice crudite on the side, also. Like if I want to dip a, a good, I, I knew you. Were <laughs> I know. Crudite. I love crudite. So, I always get a hard so... time. Me and my Pinot Grigio and crudite, but I like something. It's I want something crisp and uh, fresh at the table because I know I'm having you those want some radishes steaks. with cold butter with that. Or yeah, sure. No. But I know I'm having cheesesteaks and all the other stuff to come. I just want something a little fresh. And also, I've said this before because I'm a don't fill up on the bread sort of guy. I don't want to be stuffed by the time halftime happens. I don't want to be wasted and stuff. I want to. I want to be hungry for those cheesesteaks. 
that's fair enough, right? Right. Yeah, well, don't no. oh, don't don't hit me with the nachos and seventeen different dips, and everyone brings a bunch of stuff. Oh, one last thing, Jay's like, yeah, if you're running the show, then you're running the show. I, I, when people are like, oh, what can I bring? I'm like, you can bring some beer, or you can bring yeah. a bottle of whatever yeah. you bring want to drink. Bring a bag of ice. Yeah. But like, we've I'm got not the interested food. in your idea of crudite. Yeah, I'm commanding the crudite. Exactly. Thank right? you. Right. I think if Andrew Knowlton were here, he would allow for celery sticks. Yeah. Oh, with the with the pimento. With the pimento. Ex- perfect. That's all I need. Um, all right, we're we're eating a lot. It's it's Sunday night on the East Coast, six thirty p.m. We're gonna be drinking, right? All day, <laughs> all day. Gabe, let's talk. I mean, I, arguably, the pre, all of the pregame stuff yeah. is as good as the game itself. Right. I love, for instance, um, ESPN Sunday Morning Countdown. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Berman retiring. Yeah, it's over for right him way. or semi-retirement, whatever. Love Chris Berman. Just, just, just love the swam. You know what you also love, Gabe? You love Bloody Marys. We take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Right, and again, you... and again, Rick, the the Rick of Rick's picks. And Rick's pick is a artisanal pickle company that Rick started like back in the day, back the first the day. pickle guy in Brooklyn. And, yep. and so, what's your what's your Bloody Still Mary technique? It. Because I do think that's a classic thing, especially on the West Coast where the Super Bowl starts three hours well, they earlier. Have, they get to day drink and watch the game. We day and, drink, and, and they and get then... to be home by like nine o'clock and in bed. I know, and we're day drinking, and then it's like late at night. Oh yep. God. Yep. Um. Yeah. The pick. Uh, the uh, the Bloody Mary. I, listen. I think you know. I'm going to talk about his recipe for a yeah. second, and he does some some unconventional things. He, use, he uses um, he uses <laughs> yes, fresh, he uses fresh he uses fresh horseradish as opposed to uh, pickled mm. or jarred. Okay. He takes a big horseradish root and shaves it into the mix. He uses bone some bone broth or beef bouillon right. in in the in the broth itself, which is like a bloody bowl, correct? Right. That's a drink. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't the, sound that weird. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's actually delicious. His umami. Mix. Yeah, talk about that. Um, he does something interesting with the, um, we, we all think that tomato juice out of a, out of a, you know, out of a jar or a can is, is too thick. I, none of us like that. Interesting. So he actually strains the solids out of the tomato juice several times with fine sieves. Wait, he buys canned tomato juice like Sacramento I mean, he, and then strains it? It's, wow, it's what we have to work with. Wow, that's yeah, fascinating. Yeah, he, he actually strains it several times to, to get as much liquid. Yeah. As pot, you know, right. just just beautiful red yeah. tomato liquid. Wow! And that becomes the basis for the for the drink. Wow! Um, what else is he putting there? Garlic. He 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 puts garlic in there with the beef stock. Garlic it, salt or actual actual garlic? Jesus. Raw? Wow. Not too much. I, I think it's I think it's raw. It could be pickled. What about? Oh yeah. What? Mm, yeah. What, or maybe it's like the jar. What about? Um. I I I have to have. Celery seed or celery salt in my blood. He doesn't. He doesn't touch it. Oh, what? He Carla? doesn't touch it. I love it. Yeah, I got it. Personally, have I love it. If you're gonna go with a pre-made um, product, the Tabasco brand, okay, the a Bloody Mary mix, a Bloody Mary mix is the best available on the shelf. Not Mr. And Mrs. T's. The Tabasco brand. <laughs> wow. If you can, Mr. if you can find it, it looks like a giant bottle of Tabasco. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, good la- awesome labeling. Like incredible packaging, and it has that celery note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in spades, and it is it is a fantastic 
uh, shelf product. I like Mr. and Mrs. T's because I feel like I get my sodium supply for you the entire week. You too much time God. on airplanes, Adam. By I know. That <laughs> is that, what I drink on an airplane. I get off the plane and my ankles are swollen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Gabe, so you got, you got daytime Bloody Marys going for pregame. Now, you have some interesting- Let's, We should talk about the accoutrement real quick. I think pickles are great. Dilly beans. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick's Picks uh, yeah. Smokra product, which is mm-hmm. pickled okra, which is one way that I do like my okra. I like okra. I, gotta, I just say, Rick better be sponsoring this episode. So I, I want to check you, in the mail tomorrow. Do you do the same- can, you could set that up as a Bloody Mary bar. That's the Bloody Mary bar. Right. Yeah. right? And then you also stand over people and tell them. Yes. yes. You're doing <laughs> yeah. it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Stalks. Mozzarella sticks on oh, the uh, Bloody Mary what? bar. What? That's For a kids? Thing. Oh, no, stop. Like people put mozzarella uh, sticks I, uh, in uh, their The Bloody whole Bloody Mary bar thing has gotten out of control. At some well, point. I don't need like the bacon in my Bloody Mary. For I know. That's I was going to say. Thing. I was no. going to say bacon. No. That's Fantastic. People love it. Beef jerky. Yes. Why not? No. I would definitely put beef jerky. I draw the line of shrimp. Because you're having. Don't stop hitting the table, Gabe. Because you're having cheese steaks in a couple hours you don't need but all you need is a celery stock a nice leafy celery stock Mm, that's classic that's all you need yeah all right gabe so uh, you know in in the second half of this podcast i've talked to delaney and brad about beer at the at the super bowl and they're beer you know enthusiasts and and that's they think that's all you drink at the super bowl itself you had some other thoughts and suggestions gabe about some maybe some batch cocktails or some spritzes even well you know the aperol spritz which came into popularity in the in the states i want to say like two or three years ago no i would say like 10 years ago no where it became a thing where it became yeah. like a it thing where like you can get it at every ago. restaurant and bar it was about three mm. years ago and i remember when uh batali started running around you know with, with a bottle Ap- of aperol everywhere and hit, making it happen yeah okay i'm gonna say it's like six years ago okay whatever <laughs> all right um it could have been six years ago yeah splitting hairs um I, I, there's a bunch of different spritzes that you can do, right? I don't know all of them. Do you know any? I know a few. Yeah? I love an Americano, which okay. is not dissimilar from uh, uh, Aperol Spritz, which is just equal parts of Campari, sweet vermouth, and then topped off with seltzer. Yep. Highball. Not too alcoholic. Not too boozy. But it is a little sweet, so you got to be careful. Too many of those, you're going to have a vicious hangover. That, right. That's my feeling with I love a spritz, as I've told you. And spritz up anything, I think it's better. Anything on ice with club soda yeah. is better. But I do think, A, sometimes they can go sweet based on the amount of Aperol or Campari right. you have in there. Um, and I, I think the booziness, Gabe, you had mentioned paper planes, which you said is bourbon, Aperol, Amaro, and lemon. Uh, it's an incredible drink, it's and really there good. there are lots of different variations on this drink. Lots of different restaurants make different variations on it. Um, Cafe Tosca has one that y- you guys actually published a recipe yeah. when you did your uh, review of them a couple years ago. Um, it's yeah, it's basic. It's and it's so easy to make because it's equal parts bourbon, Aperol. Um, in my recipe, we use amaro nonino, which Love I think it, which I think is deli- which I just think is delicious on its own with ice, and. Uh, an equal part of fresh lemon juice, and then but that's you, a shake and drink, isn't it? No, um, yeah, you can shake it or stir it. But can't you? Can you just batch that? And uh, then when so- you can batch the hell out of it. Yeah, and then when it's time for me to make some, I take some the of that batches back, baby. <laughs> pour I, then I then myself put it on ice and spritz it up with club soda. Is, is, is that how you would spritz it? Whatever. Well, no, because you don't want to put the club soda in before times. Because then by the time I get no. it, it's flat. Yeah. I mean, you spritz to order. Uh, it's not a spritz. You just said it was a spritz. No, dude, no, it's, it's a cocktail. Not a spritz. It's not you a can spritz. make it a spritz. But why wouldn't you spritz it up? I don't know. I mean, it sounds crazy. <laughs> I could also because again, like I, this comes back to listen, dude. Those of us who don't work in the record industry actually have to be at work on time Monday morning. We don't roll into the office at eleven fifteen a.m. Let's and, just talk about the cocktail for a second. <laughs> no, so I'm saying if I have a cocktail like that, I will be passed out by halftime. So, but if I cut it with club soda. 
it becomes a more manageable cocktail. Can we talk right? about the cocktails that you can have and not be passed out? Yeah, sure. At yeah, like the, no, you. Well, well me. Yeah, yeah. I, I Budweiser. Yeah. I, I don't think it's about the paper plane. I think that that's what you. That's you. What happens to you? You're trying to say I'm a lightweight. A little bit, big yes. time. I mean, yeah. you're just talking about making a spritz. Out how about of the- this? Instead of instead of instead of making a spritz, how about a nice pinot? Uh, how about a nice pinot grigio spritz? Adam, and people, I'm you know, I'm tired of I'm tired of people making fun of pinot grigio. Like, oh, do you want some pinot grigio? I'm like, yes, I would like some pinot grigio because it's cold, it's crisp, and it's refreshing. Right. Why stop making fun of pinot grigio? Okay, then stop schooling people on how to make a sandwich at your party. The same, no, same. No, but no, it's not the same because you can either have a good sandwich or a bad sandwich. That's a difference. I'm trying to increase the enjoyability of the sandwich. Just open a bottle. Of Adam, pino. let's let's move on to a more solution oriented. Sure, sure. Um, why not just drink a little two ounce cocktail? Why do you have to spritz it up? Because you're because what I want to do is I want to shake it up. I I want to I want to serve it to you in a nice little highball glass. Okay, two ounces. No, two, it's be- not, it'll beauti- be gone no, too fast. No, it's Beautiful. gone too fast. It's not too. And I want to hit it with a little sprig of fresh basil. Oh god, mm, I like. First that. of all, fresh basil in February doesn't make sense. <laughs> Second of all, two ounces is you need more than two ounces in a highball. The definition of a highball is something cut with club soda. First of all, Gabe, that is a highball. Like a whiskey soda is a highball. Can a vodka I, soda is a highball. Can I take us to a solution? Yeah, yeah. apparently because we're not having one. We're so just going to pivot now. I think that uh, the whole category of drinks in the sour category is like a great idea. Because they have some citrus juice in there. They're not crazy alcoholic. Batch them to high heaven. I think that a paper plane is a sour, right? Because it's got that. And if you want to throw a splash of seltzer in there... You sure. Know, All right. A couple it. other thoughts. In terms of like one thing about having a Super Bowl party is you're having a lot of people at your house on a Sunday. It's a work day. Um, it needs to be functional. Uh, I think couple of thoughts. I am all in favor of paper or plastic everything. Paper plates, red Solo cups, everything should be able to go into a recycling garbage bag at the end of it. Carol Lolly is like already, she's signing up for Twitter so she can tweet at you that <laughs> Dude, she doesn't like right. that. You're at your mom's house on the Upper East Side. So Carol Lolly doesn't count. But Gabe, are you with me on that one? Like you should be doing it. Everything should have a Patriots logo on it. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I, I think you should. Like, the, the, I everything don't, should have Pat Patriot on it the, the, from the cups to the napkins, mm. cocktail napkins, um, the plates, everything should be Patriots all the that time. That too. And I, listen, especially if you have kids, I don't need cocktail glasses. I've never been anywhere where Marlon Rappaport has not knocked over a glass. You know, So like, I don't want to be cleaning up glass. I don't want to be doing dishes. So I, I like the cups. I also like what we talked about before, Gabe, is that if, with beer, for those of who are drinking the beer. Bring those in, of us who drink it on ice, Adam. Yes, like me. Uh, having the cooler inside the house, like your Coleman cooler or whatever your big cooler on like a beach blanket to catch any sort of drippings. But and so people don't have to be going back and forth to the fridge. They just walk to the f- the cooler in the corner of the living room, grab a cold one, and that call it a day. Definitely keep your drinks out of the kitchen. Yes. Right? However, right. however you need to do that. Because you know who drinks. is in the kitchen? Gabe's in the kitchen. Yeah. Right. You definitely don't want a lot of traffic, people coming in and out of there for drinks. Good so, point. So you want to have your cooler and or, if you if you like this, the big stainless steel tub that people like. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys have yep. probably f- featured a lot of those in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks beautiful, loaded with beer and bottles of wine. Lots of ice. Great presentation. It's like, it's it like, says party. People want to party. They yeah. want to drink. Grab, grab a cold one. 
Totally. It's like we're hanging out at Ina Garten's in the Hamptons. And she's got some bottles of Pinot Grigio in there, yep. some Aperol. Pinot Grigio. She yeah. probably doesn't have koozies flying around, but we're, <laughs> oh, we're, gonna, we're having koozies for beer. sure. That's smart, too. Beer. You don't need a coaster if you've got a beer koozie. Yeah, I want no glasses. I want cans. I want beer koozies. Uh... And stay out of the kitchen because I do think, I think the kitchen's have, a no-fly zone. If you have access to any kind of outdoor space in your domicile, that's a great place to put the drinks. Yes. Yep. Make people just cool. go outside, grab a drink. I did always, that at Christmas. It was great. Always, Got them outside. There's always those people, Gabe's in the kitchen making the the, the cheesesteaks and there's frying, there's oil and there's heat. And someone's like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, What are you, what are you, what are you making? What are you and you're just like, you need no, help? not now. <laughs> Get out of here. Go grab a beer in the living room, in the cooler over there in the corner. I'm making this. That's right. Um, Carla, I... And we're going to wrap up soon. We're in the fourth quarter right now. We're, like, we're approaching a two-minute drive. We're in the fourth quarter. I'm I'm already on the FDR heading home. Yeah, you're not staying for the whole game. No way. <laughs> Neither are your kids. Um, it's like a tale of two halves right? yeah. in the second half. I feel like the first half was really strong for me. In the second half, I'm going to like, haven't really scored yet. All right, let's see what we're bringing home. Uh, dessert. I love dessert at the Super Bowl. No. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing it. So oh. if there was a plate of brownies there, you would be like, uh-uh. What kind of brownies? <laughs> Delicious chocolate brownies with the shiny kind of crackly top on them. I want more salty, crispy, salty, crispy, salty, crispy, another drink, salty, and, crispy. Okay, but there, this is a family affair, right? There's kids running around. You think they're going to like you not got, want yeah. dessert? You got, you, well, you have to do it for the kids. I, I believe that. I think cookies is a thing. I, I don't I don't think what you want to do for dessert, personally, Gabe, is have a thing where you've got to get out the ice cream and the whipped cream and bowls and that, like just like a plate of awesome cookies or brownies. Yeah. I think it's fine. Lemon if you, bars, if you're into that. Yeah. Sometimes Ugh. Lemon bars. Sure. Oh, that's not a Super Bowl dessert. Whatever. What about magic bars? What are Remember those? magic bars? No. With the, all the coconut and the oh, chocolate yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. the caramel. Yeah. Those uh, are good. That's people like, like uh, to make pies. See, I'm not a big pie guy. People are super into making uh, but pies. But They're into bringing that's, pies. That's They're like, hey, I brought a pie. No, and everybody goes, ooh, no, but that's pie. A, that, but that, the pie is usually the kind of pie that I was talking about, like a chocolate pudding <sighs> pie with whipped cream on top, a press and crust, no. some old school like right. icebox pie. Boston cream. Boston cream. Mm, I like Boston cream. But that's Thanksgiving. Pies are Thanksgiving. Again, you get then got to get the forks. You got to get the plates out, a separate set of forks and plates. We're not doing pies. Fine. Calling Don't that. do pies. I think have another drink. Yes. Skip it. Yeah. Have another drink. Break yes. out the break out the Yamazaki or something classy. Ooh, the fancy for, like for the, the victory. The scotch or the and fancy the victory bourbon. dance. Oh, oh yes. Always set to "I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight" by Richard and Linda Thompson. Yeah. How you? you That's you, the victory dance. How did okay. you guys? The I want to see the bright light. You Google this. Yeah, it is. I want to see the bright lights tonight by Richard and Linda Thompson. Fantastic song, and it just says win. Win. But if your team loses, do you still play that and feel you like a winner? You don't play. You, you don't. don't play the song. No, you just go home and you're like, oh my god, it's eleven forty-five. You go to your and bed I have to, and, and my, like and, let and, people let themselves out. Yeah, and you're like, my kid is waking up tomorrow at six thirty to go to school, and you're like, I'm going to shoot myself. In the rare wow. occasion that the Patriots lose a Super Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> you mean um, you mean the two times against the Giants? In the yeah, in those occasions, I, all I do is think about what work is going to be like tomorrow, and how I'm going to have to hear it from people right. like Adam. Right. <laughs> do you ever stay home on Monday? Has it's, that ha- it's happened. <laughs> Out of, out of grief or just, just pain? Out of, just out of grief. Just out of pure grief. <laughs> because by Tuesday, you're not going to get as much heat. And the other thing I want to say about the whole Super Bowl meal is it should be delicious. It should be super fun. Um, I think the, your idea with the cheesesteaks of doing doing everything ahead, the gumbo, I think that the do-ahead for the enjoyment of the game is something that I haven't yet mastered and something that we should all Strive for the, those of us that are tuned into this podcast, the millions, <laughs> don't and, joke, and thousands of us that are that are tuning into this. 
you know, have fun with it. Don't do what I've done and spend your entire day in the kitchen because it won't be as delicious and the win won't be as delicious and the loss will be so much harder. So much harder. All right, guys, let's bring it in. High fives. All Woo. right. All right. Shout Car- out to the Super Bowl. Carl Lally Music. Gabe Tessarero. Tess- <laughs> Tess- Tess- it's cool, man. <laughs> Gabe T. Gabe T, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, guys. All right. All right, that was Carla and Gabe T. Next up, Alex Delaney and Brad Leone talking craft beer. All right, it's January 18th, and we are recording a podcast about what beer to drink during the Super Bowl. And I just found out, Delaney, that you're not drinking this month, like at all. Sad, but unfortunately true news. And yet you're, um, yet you're doing a podcast of telling people what beer to drink. <laughs> it seems a little contradictory. I don't, uh, but yeah, 18 days. I feel actually great. <laughs> oh, stop. Um, Good for you. I, shouldn't he be disqualified from doing this podcast, I Brad? So. I told him if it's work, it doesn't count. What you does know. that mean? Oh, he's allowed to drink. Yeah, man. It's a little, you gotta... Brad's peer pressuring me into, <laughs> into cracking yeah, I'm right good now. at that. I see you have some selects you brought, so let's get down to it. Super Bowl, we, we've already talked on this podcast about how I think it's the ultimate eating holiday of the year. Do you guys kind of view this as the ultimate drinking day, or is this more just kind of like a, a nice day to have some beers? Well, for me, like it, it goes hand in hand. So it's like, you know, it's not like a fancy sit-down dinner for the uh-huh. most part. You know, it's like a, um, you know, you're eating... Cheesesteaks, hopefully, or some chicken wings or, you know, whatever kind of finger food you have. Usually kind of greasy, kind of fun like that. Uh, so you want something that can kind of cut that. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking for this big heavy beer all the time. But, you know, it's like what you're drinking is kind of – you. It, it can be a celebration. I think you need a variety. You know, we'll, we'll get into that. For the record, I love the Super Bowl. I love drinking beer on the Super Bowl. And it's the one day where if I have people over to my apartment, I can look someone in the eye and say – you're drinking beer, put down the wine. This is a beer holiday. <laughs> I'll keep a bottle of wine yeah. in the fridge on reserve, but you should have a beer in hand at almost every point. Okay, so the question is what kind of beer is Brad? So what are you serving? All right, so I'm going to have a fridge full of like just some classic lighter beers, you know, like some I had brought a little of that uh Narragansett lager, lager. Um, <laughs> you can say lager, lager if you want. Lager. I mean, like, that's uh, it, and that's a 16 ounce can. Yep. And then just like Pilsner, something that's going to be crisp, refreshing, kind of easy to drink, you know. And, and let's not face it, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We all got to go to work the next day. Yeah, unfortunately. So, you know, you don't want to yeah. be, uh, you know, having a, a hangover in the third quarter, you For know. For sure. But that's, that's the, the pro move is, is having the, the base beer that you know everyone's going to The gonna base enjoy. beer. Right, when you say Pilsner, what, what, that, that's a pretty broad term. Like what kind of Pilsner? Pilsner. something that yeah so it's usually a low alcohol it's kind of malty usually around five percent alcohol but i'm saying is there a brand in particular you want to be serving i I like uh, something that's very i mean that's nationally available that victory prima pills victory's awesome yeah Yeah. super clean pills there you can get it you know at at just about everywhere depending on where you're living everywhere is going to have their own little brewery that's cranking out something and if if they're making a good pills get that you know uh it goes really well with food, like I said, low alcohol, and it's crisp and refreshing. When you say low alcohol, relative to what? What are you like about? ABV, like, I want like four and a half, five. Which is what yeah. your typical American mass-produced canned beer exactly. is, Which correct? is what beer, originally when it was you know made, it was yeah. never, you know, it was usually a pretty low, you drink too and go back to work in the field kind of thing, <laughs> exactly. you know? And, uh, Brad, what are you doing on your lunch break at Bon Appetit? Drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and whereas like an IPA is what? 
I mean, they can get up to around six, seven and a half, up mm-hmm. to ten. You know, yeah, they yeah. make the double IPAs, yeah. imperial IPAs, or whatever. Yeah. I never understood the difference, double and imperial. Mostly alcohol. Yeah. But yeah, and nowadays, like if, if someone brings an IPA to the Super Bowl party, it's probably going to be in between six and a half, seven percent. Right. But a bud, a bud is like four two, four point two percent, something yeah. like that. So that's what if you want to get a beer for everyone to drink continuously throughout the game. Get something in the uh, in the style of a Budweiser. All about the low uh, alcohol. Well, I, I feel like you're taunting me. You've got this bottle there, and like, you're not offering to open it or anything. It would be my honor. You got to open it. Here we go, right by the microphone. I want to hit the. Oh, <laughs> that was nicely done. That's tor- that's torture to me. Delaney, you looking at that? I'm smelling. How good, it, man? It I can smell. So, how would you, Delaney, define the difference between a lager or a lager, as Brad likes to say, and sure. a pilsner? Sure. A pilsner is actually a type of lager. The main distinction that people make is between a lager and an ale. Hmm. So it's really just the difference in the way that it's fermented. With lagers, typically you're going to get a crisper, smoother taste because it's fermented at a lower temperature, um, while an ale is fermented at about room temperature, maybe a little bit higher in between 65, 70 degrees. But yeah, a, a lager is, is the kind of pound about six of them and not even think about it. It's, it's, about, <laughs> it's, about, uh, it's about just drinking. Just as long as you guys are Ubering home, okay? Yes, Uber exactly. or Juno or Lyft, that's fine. Um, if you're going to pound six. Absolutely. Will you, all right, so w- w- Brad, at the Super Bowl, though, will you like to move through a progression of beers? Will you stick with just one beer yeah. the whole night? So, well, no. See, well, I'm glad you asked that. So like my strategy <laughs> is like, you know, you can have your, your base beer. And then I like to have a couple celebration beers. Wait, you away. said that before, celebration. What does that mean, celebration When beer? my team's winning. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going into the second half up. And, you know, we who, is, who is your team? Well, I'm the Giants fan. Uh, uh, I was walking into it. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> yeah. show up. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the Packers. Okay. All know? right. So let's say the Pack make it. By the time you listen to this podcast, you'll know. So if Rodgers is out there slinging it, touching on doing his thing, and you're, you're feeling good, what will you then open up? All right, it's halftime. We're yeah. going in with a lead. Then I'm cracking open that nice little uh, that creek that I've been saving or something, which is a cherry beer. It's uh, it's called Creek Creek, right? That's K R I E K. Oh, I thought those was always not like yeah down, not like down the, by the creek. not like the babbling brook um, or like that's where I break out the big IPA or something something that has that little more firepower to it, uh, big flavor. You don't want to drink it all night, but you know you break open the bottle because you know as us beer guys have we have a little cellar going at home. You know you get excited, so you get a couple of your beers stowed away. Do you guys have like a, a selection of beers at temperature? Delaney, you live in New York City, so you can't have much space. I mean, budget uh, permitting. <laughs> yeah. So my cellar is a very small nook that is about seven feet off the ground on my stairs up to my room. And I keep all, well, not all, most of my beers up there, but in the fridge at any certain time. What do you do in the summertime when the apartment gets hot when you guys aren't around the AC is not on? I'll move I'll move as many as I can to the fridge without causing a confrontation with the roommate. Mm. <laughs> Take keep that AC time. on all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, mostly hoppy beers you always want to keep in the fridge. So if yeah. I have IPAs, they'll Depends be on in the, the fridge. It's uh, good information. Saisons, stouts, I'll keep them up in the, in the nook or the cellar. Right. Well, let me ask you this, though. So let's say your team's doing well. You break out your quote-unquote celebration beer. I'm of the school that if you're having a bunch of people over to your apartment, you want to clean up to be easy. You set out some solo cups, 
But if you're having a nice beer, do you want a nice glass to go with it? Is sure. that true? I mean, I'm not drinking it out of a solo cup. I mean, I'm not above that. Yeah. But if we're, <laughs> no, you're not. You know, if we're at home, you know, there's no reason to. We got glasses. And will you be sharing this celebration beer? With the select few who will appreciate it. You know, <laughs> it's not going to the person who's not me. Pinot Grigio, you yeah. know? <laughs> this, but, is, uh, this is my thing. The way I pour beer when I'm at my apartment, when I invite people over, I'm not about exclusivity with the beers. Like, if you want to try the beer, you're getting a pour of the beer. Maybe uh, in what though? <laughs> in I mean, I have a I have a pretty stocked uh, glassware cabinet at my apartment, but uh, I, I'd say you'd probably get it in a in a glass of some variety. We'll let you taste it. Yeah, but you don't want to be the guy that's you know sitting in the corner while everyone else is like cheering, yeah. and you're sitting there sipping your rare little imperial. Yeah, no one likes stout. a beer snob. No one. No, come on. Yeah. It's supposed to be shared. Yeah, you share. Um, so, but you know, my pour might be a little heavier than the people I'm sharing <laughs> yeah, yeah. with. <laughs> have you ever done like? Have you ever gotten like the the quarter keg or anything for a Super Bowl party? Not a bad idea. Yeah, I haven't. Not um, for but, a Super Bowl party, but I have. You have had a keg beer a sixth, before. <laughs> a sixtal, yeah, sure. Yeah. A what? Um, what did you say? A sixtal. What does that mean? So a keg, as we think of it, right? Yeah. Like it's a you do a keg stead on. Yeah. It's a half keg. A sixtal is a third of a half, so one sixth of a keg. Oh wow! It's, it's like the, the, the tall little tall cylindrical. Oh well, what yeah. are the what about? I'm talking the the quarter kegs or the short squat ones. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Oh, but I'm, I guess a sixtal came along after I was in college. There you go. A lot of like the, uh, a lot of bars when they have a craft beer, like a real nice beer yeah. or something, it'll usually be a, a sixtal. Yeah, well, that's a good question actually. So, are there places like in New York City or other cities where one can go get? a quote-unquote sixtal of a beer that you approve of? Yeah, absolutely. So the way most breweries in New York City operate is that they go through a distribution company. So if you contact the distribution company and say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of beer, what do you have in from the breweries that you rep? Say I'm looking for a, an other half uh, session IPA. And they're like, ah, you know, actually maybe other half doesn't have a distribution company. But say they did. They'd say, hey, you know, we have this, this, and this. We'll have this at this date. You can schedule to either pick it up or if you happen to own a bar, they'll drop it off to you. But most likely pick it up um, and have it for the party. All right, well, let's say, let's say you do this because this intrigues me because I do think for the people who throw a big party and have 20 people there or something, managing the crowds and the trash and all that stuff is yeah. Yeah. something you always got to deal with. How would you get that keg or to temperature and keep it at the temperature you like for a beer like this. Maybe you don't want it ice ice cold or I don't know. What would you what would you do? Right in the backyard, right on the fire escape. Hopefully it's cold, you know, it's what, February? Um it is February, yeah. So, Super Bowl. Yeah, so hopefully it's cold out, but you never know these days. Um, but would you not let me ask you a question. In terms of drinking a beer, like a one of these craft beers that you guys like, um, you might not want that as ice cold as like a Miller Lite or something where the keg's just sitting there in ice the right. entire time sure. in a trash can. So, Well, see, the way I feel about that is I want it cold because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be consuming it all in 30 seconds. And by mm. the time I get, you know, a drink a quarter, it's yeah. going to it's going to my hands on it. It's in the room. It's going to hit its peak temperature right when I want it. So I, I prefer. Maybe you got the fireplace going. Maybe got, yeah, got the nice vibe going. <laughs> yeah. I like it cold. It's only going to warm up. What you were saying too with the Sixtals, I think a great move is, especially if you have a brewery or something that you, a place that you really like that has really great beers, go and you don't, you know, you want to cut back on dishes and, and cans and stuff like that. Bring some growlers and they'll fill up, you know, it's like a 64 ounce glass growler. Yeah. And you can go and get a bunch of those filled up, get a bunch of different kinds if you want. Yeah, or that's just, a good idea. Yeah. And then you can just have, you know, some glasses and you don't have to. You know, it's just a little easier. Yeah, yeah, one less thing to deal with. Exactly. Um, you have a ginormous can over there, Brad. Oh, What's going on oh, with that? This big boy. Yeah, so that is. Uh, that's... Tell us about that, Delaney, since you won't be drinking it. <laughs> I'll tell what you guys drink. So that's that's Juicy Banger IPA. It's from a brewery in Denver called Station Twenty Six, and it is 
packaged in a crowler, um, which is <laughs> not to be confused with a growler. Essentially the same thing. You get a big portion of beer. But a crowler is, I mean, it looks almost like a tall boy. It has 32 ounces of beer. A really, Chubby a tall really boy. fat it's tall boy. Fat it's a lineman. Yeah, exactly. And this oh, one's like a, a golden silver wrapped with like kind of new wavy poppy wallpaper it looks yeah. like yeah and this is a 32 ounce and this is an ipa it's, it's clocking in at 7.4 wow yeah. 7.4 so yeah. it's got a little it's got a little, a little horsepower to it yeah but um I, I remember when we were out in denver drinking it it was kind of more new englandy right it was a little cloudy a little mm. juicy definitely wait, juicy. Wait, 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 wait what do you what do you mean what does new englandy mean when it comes so to there's beer? like west coast style ipas and then like the east coast they call them like new england styles yeah. which tend to be a little more Cloudy, what does that come from being yeah. unfiltered or just so, real quick? There's three kind of styles of IPA you have the classic East Coast, which when you think of that, it's like a dogfish head 60 minute, okay, little more malty, right? Definitely bitter. Then you have a West Coast, which is like think of um, a stone IPA, yeah, like a rogue, or something. super tropical, citrusy hop notes, but still very clear and clean. And then you have this new kind of IPA, my favorite, Brad's on that bandwagon, as am I. Um, that people are referring to as a New England IPA, and it's an unfiltered, um, super perishable IPA. So the hot, all hmm. the hop flavor is crazy intense, right. super juicy and fruity. But after about a month, it starts to fade. Starts so to people go crazy, and you know they buy them all up and they drink them and they keep going out to the brewery. Not for the seller. Do they last longer in a can than bottle because of the light and that sort of stuff? That is correct. Hmm. I like that. I'm, can I open this one? Sure all right, here can. we go. Here we go. Let's get it. Ooh, Ooh yes. You know what's awesome? I'm going to do? I'm going to get the pouring. Let's get the pouring. That's nice. Ooh, oh, that's a yes. beautiful thing. All right, so this one, well, it's fragrant. Yeah. You can yeah, and that's all it's that. It's quite, quite a nose. Do we say nose in the beer business, or do you Absolutely. say something? Yeah. Nose, aroma, whatever you want to say. Cheers. Cheers. I like that. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big nose. Ooh, wow. That's a... Uh, that's, uh... <laughs> Stings the nostrils. <laughs> you don't want to drink that the whole game. I've made like a Anchorman joke on every third podcast. I think it's appropriate. Um, it's appreciated. Mm. You know, you don't. This is you don't want to drink it the whole night. I think it'd be challenging though. Also, if you're eating a lot, right. that's my biggest challenge yeah. with juicy, meaty beers. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I'm eating a lot of other juicy, meaty things. Right. Like you know, that's where I find it could be tough. You, you really got to settle into the beer and celebration maybe, beer. You celebration beer, <laughs> but in lieu of or uh, you, you're going to forego some of the wings and the cheesesteaks. You right. know, like I'm going to concentrate on the beer. Right. When an event like the Super Bowl, I think this cl- you know ties in real well. Like at the end, you know, it's almost like a, you have one glass. It's like your dessert little yeah. nightcap. Or it's like your beer. scotch. Your it's scotch your, yeah, at the it, end. It's yeah. your scotch of the beer. IPA on the rocks um, minus the rock. <laughs> uh, um, I, I agree, though. I think uh, I, I like eating spicy food. When it's the Super Bowl, you know, I want my buffalo wings. I want my shameless plug here, uh, Bon Appetit buffalo wing popcorn. Mm, yeah, that's um, good stuff. I want some spice. So I also like a little bit of tartness in a beer. So I might, and Brad's on this on this uh, wave too, I might go for a Goza, which is like a tart, slightly sour. Um, a little salty. Low ABV beer that kind of just like brings you back to life. Yeah, good with food. Yeah, yeah that first beer we had, which was the Pilsner. Yeah. That you would much rather eat with some with some Super Bowl food than than this monster. Yeah, yeah, no, this is this this monster stands alone. Before we wrap up, um, in terms of getting your Super Bowl party going, we often talk about like at Thanksgiving to like let people know what to bring, and you tell them exactly what kind of wine to bring so it goes with the meal. Do you invite your sort of friends, your beer friends, over and 
ask them to bring certain types of beer or ask them at least to bring a six pack or, you know, how does that work? Absolutely. I um, always say, hey, bring a mix pack or bring whatever you're into because, I mean, let's face it, I'm going to cover my interests. Brad's looking out for himself. You're going to be You know, I mean, I'll share, but I'm going to cover, I'm going to make sure I'm drinking what I want to drink and I'm willing to share it with everyone. But uh, I'm not going to rely on, you know, Joe to bring what I want to drink, you know? Yeah. You're looking out for yourself. Yeah, well, we can word that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about what? All right. Uh, what about your wife? Is she on the same page with you when it comes to beer? Loves the beer. Yeah. Same taste as you. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. tends to like more of like a pale ale, uh-huh. uh, but she can get in. I mean, she she can drink them. Yeah. She can drink the uh, the big IPAs. Yes. Um, not as well as me, thank God. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but she yeah she can she likes to drink and. Uh, uh, and Delaney, I've noticed on your Instagram account, what's your Instagram handle again? It is at Alex, like you would expect it to be spelled, underscore Delaney, D-E-L-A-N-Y. And I'll just mention your girlfriend, Maud, because you certainly include her in your Instagram stories enough. Uh, she yes. seems to be with you all the time when you're hitting up these various breweries every weekend. Yeah. What sort of beer drinker is she? And are you guys on the same page, taste-wise? We are on the same page, taste-wise, almost. She's on the same page as I am in... You know, in the light of she likes to try mm-hmm. tons of stuff. She's always trying to try something new. She's more on the IPA side of things, less on the sour, funky stuff. Mm. Um, but she, she's she been known to drink an IPA or, or thing. All right. Um, okay, before we go, um, because you shouldn't be drinking if you're not eating, what are you looking forward to most to eat on Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm looking for the complete spread of dips. Give me like a really, really solid five or six dip spread. I'm wow, a happy man. really? I'm a dip? happy man. That's interesting. With like carrot sticks or pita chips? Or what, do you, what, what are you dipping? Your I finger? Discriminate. No. I don't A spoon? No. <laughs> no. I want dip. That was the yeah, weakest I answer I've heard oh, like on no. a podcast in a while. You can have the dips. Do you want some hummus? I mean, yeah. dips. Dips. I mean, for me, it's like it's like my cheat day, you know, not yeah. that I need it. What but, are your uh, cheat Listen, I watch. I eat pretty well. Body's a temple. But, you know, I want like bring that pepperoni stromboli bring the cheese steaks bring Ooh. the buffalo wings you know stromboli is a good call get the good stuff you know some the greasy stuff that where every bite you want to sip a beer and um that's what i'll be looking for you know that's what i'm going to be making for the super bowl and uh, i just want to throw this out too because i i was converted today i was i'm never a big cocktail guy um <laughs> but i did a me and andrew nolan who works here he uh turned me on to beer cocktails in the can yeah, let's just, talk about this. So you take so we had a couple beers. We did like a beer Rita, which is like a beer margarita kind of riff, and then we did a Michelada riff, and then we did a um, it was uh, Amaro in Budweiser, and that was like the real shocker. Kinda, so a, a shot of Amaro, the Italian digestivo, just exactly. poured right in a can. So you you open up your it was all tall boy cans, mm-hmm. and you take a couple sips, and then you add your. Yeah. cocktail mixings, whether it be the Amaro or the margarita stuff, a little tequila, a little lime juice, and you put a little rim on it. And at first, you know, I'm just like, oh, listen, this ain't my thing. I'm a shot in a beer kind of guy. But uh, not bad. Really good, actually. I, and I like that for the Super Bowl, again, because you don't need glassware. Don't need it, glassware. It's in the can. Mixes I, it up. I had Knowlton brought up to my office the um, a can of your Narragansett right there with the Amaro in it. He said, taste this. Let me know what you think it is. And I taste it. I was like, A, that's delicious. <laughs> B, I was like, it kind of tastes like a Michelada. It sounds like a salty lime right. sort of thing, but it was actually the Morrow in there with those sort of herbal floral roots notes and, and rootsy. Yeah. And 
I was like, wow, like I would better I would than really you drink think. that. Yeah. yeah, and and I it surprised me, but I like the fact that it's all contained in the can. You finish it, you throw the can Easy. and recycling, and it's fun. Done. It's fun, and it, you Lots know it, it goes really well with food. Which, yeah. you know, I have a hard time with. I, we've talked on the last podcast. Having certain beers with food, I'm, I'm kind of picky. But that would go really well, especially with those big, you know, super. Yeah. you want that Super Bowl food. You yeah. know, give me the fries. Give me but the- one, thing to, one thing to note there, you don't want to be mixing with just any beer. It's got to be like a, a very standard lager. Big time, you yeah. You don't want to be throwing stuff into a, a flavorful yeah, IPA, a stout. Totally, that beer has enough flavor. It's on exactly. doesn't exactly. need doesn't need an assist. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, guys, have an awesome Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks, sir. You know you have to be at work at, on time Monday morning, Brad. I'm never late. <laughs> we'll be there. All right, see you guys. This podcast has been brought to you by Carrie Polis, Emma Wurtzman, and Lily Sherman, with editing by Mitra Kaboli. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Grady's. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.